Hello, and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO's show, House of the Dragon? Hello, everyone. My name is Gretchen, and I use they, them pronouns, and I am here with Caroline. Hi, guys. I'm Caroline. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, so yeah, we are back to finish off the second half of the Year of the Three Brides. So the Year yes. of the Three Brides Part Two, yes. which means we're picking off where we off, uh, picking up where we left off last time um, on page one thirty-two. If you are using the hardcover books, with the paragraph that begins with "Of the ceremony itself and the feast and the bedding that followed in due course, we need say little," and uh, ending at the end of the chapter. Yep. And um, we continue with everything being totally fine and not dramatic and definitely no incest. We're uh, regular Targaryen, not incest stuff happening here in this part. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, sometimes you have the urge to marry your sister. Yep. And what are you going to do? You know? I I mean, I don't know. You you hop on dragon back and make it happen. And you make it happen. You know, if you got to do it, sometimes you just got to marry your sister. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> rewinding a little bit. That's a little preview of what comes last. Um, let's get into our high-level summary. Yes. So the royal wedding we were talking about last episode between Queen Alyssa and Roga Baratheon uh, continues, and they have seven days of tourney because, of course, they do. Yep. They can't help themselves. And they actually do something politically important in the middle of this, which is that they decide to pick New Kingsguard mm-hmm. by having a a tournament. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alyssa wants it wants it to be the tourney. Yeah. Apparently. Which is interesting. And uh, we could get back to because I have questions about this. But they yep. do this tourney and they get because they only had what two Kings Guard at this point, so they had to fill yeah. five slots. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they had Sir Giles Morgan, who was the um I believe that he was the was he the leader of the King's Guard? Like, I maybe? don't remember off the top of um, my head. And then Sir Joffrey Doggett, the Red Dog. That's so they they have five slots to fill. Um, Alyssa says it should happen at the tourney, and apparently Jaharis is like, "Yes, but the melee. It should happen in the melee, mm-hmm. not the joust." Um, which is very if he did this, uh, very Rhaenyra choosing Kristen Cole of him mm-hmm. to be like, "I want the people who I want it to be." Based on the actual fighting skills they need, because not a lot of people are going to attack the king on horseback with a lance, mm-hmm. which is, you know, accurate. Yeah, very, I don't very know sure. that that's ever happened, ever. Um. Well, there's that one time in Game of Thrones where Jamie tried to attack Daenerys on horseback with a lance with his one hand. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Remember the bad show? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That did. Yeah, like, it's interesting that the thing that probably would never happen in real life happened on the bad show. Yeah, <laughs> that's <No>. shocker. Shocker. <laughs> um, so they call it the War of the White Cloaks, which is, I don't know, like a really fancy name for dudes smashing let, each other. Let them have their na- fancy name. It makes them feel big and special. It, it's it important to them. So they get the their five kings guard, like mm-hmm. uh, most of whom are not... Uh, like lords, they're most of them are various small, uh, not not small folk, but they're like like hedge knights. They're they're like or... ha- house fight fighters of like houses and stuff like that. Sworn swords. Yeah, we get um, our first mention of John Quill Dark, my, oh my girl. God, I love her. 
That would be a great cosplay, John Quildart. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh, John. That Quildark. would be a great cosplay. Love John Quildart. So John Quildart best... goes into like the melee and is when when she's unmasked. It's a. Ama- it, I wouldn't think she's a man because she's wearing armor. And when she's mm-hmm. unmasked, she turns out to be John Quildark, a, a bastard do- daughter of the Lord of Duskendale. And Love she'll her. come. This is her first mention, but she'll come up in the future. Oh, we, yeah. we stand her for sure. She's she's the greatest. Yeah. Um. The and you know wouldn't you know it. The, the bestest boy king gets the bestest Kingsguard. Yep. They're, they're the, the best. They're the no, greatest. None can compare. The none greatest can compare. Nobody's ever had it like them. They've been, they were just the 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 first seven of Jaehaerys was just the best. Mm-hmm. You could it was rightly said, rightly said, that never did any Targaryen possess a Kingsguard who could equal the boy king's first seven. Wow. Just... Man, Jaehaerys just had all the best shit. Because he was so good, Gretchen. You don't yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't the best king have the best? Even though one of them was like 63, who like honestly seems like a badass. Yeah. I will I will say no, nothing poor of Sam Good. Um, Sam Good of Sour Hill. Yes. Even though <laughs> I am side-eyeing George R. R. Martin there and be like, do you mean Samwell of Horn Hill, mm. sir? Oh. Are you saying perhaps he copy-pasted ideas because he ran out of them? <laughs> Oh, what a weird suggestion. I just really love that instead of Sam Well, it's Sam Good. I'm like, okay. It's not well, it's good. It's different. It's different. Sam Good. Samuel. It's different. Anyway. <laughs> um, so then yeah. the second, so the, the, the wedding ends, everybody's happy, whatever. And then the next kind of thing is like, hey, the king's 15, almost 16. He's almost at like his majority. We probably got to like get him married to somebody. You got to start making babies. Yeah. Um, so because this is going to be the third of the three weddings in this chapter. This is where they say mean shit about Reyna's kids. Yep. Yep. They sure say, is. they talk about, because currently Jaehaerys' heirs are um, Arya and Riella. Mm-hmm. And, but it says in the text, um, so long as the boy king remained unwed and without issue, the daughters of his sister Reyna would remain his heirs. But Arya and Riella were still children, and it was felt by many manifestly unfit for the crown. Because they're girls. Excuse me, why? Just because they're girls? Like, yep. what the fuck, bud? We even did this. We did the twin switcheroo to put the better one that would be better as the as the uh-huh. heir yep. to be older and put the other one as a scepter. So we have even the person that's like outgoing and into dragons here. Uh-huh. Yep. Like, what? Who's saying she's manifestly unfit? No one is saying this. Right. I mean, that's another one of those where it's like, well, many people said. I'm like, no, you say. You, you say. say, sir. You say. Yeah. Many people is you. Yeah. Is, is and and of course, you, I mean, Raina, Raina could not be uh, nope. heir um, because uh, just under that it says, there were some who went further and whispered that Raina was a sorceress <gasps> who had She's used the dark arts to murder Magor upon the Iron Throne. Yep. Which I'm like, even if she was, are you now saying that was a bad thing? I mean, right? Like, right. are you now saying that it was bad to kill Magor the Cruel? I don't understand your point. <laughs> if Jaehaerys had killed Magor the Cruel in single combat, that would actually be a recommendation for him to be king, would you mm-hmm. think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see um, your sexism, Maester. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Alyssa and Rogar decide that the kids, both kids, both Alyssa, both Alysanne and Jaehaerys need to get married, but definitely not 
to each other. Because Alyssa's like, listen, if we asked Jaharis, he'd say, I want to fuck my sister. And we don't want him to do that. Right. <laughs> Look, even his dead dad would say that Jaharis should fuck his sister. Right. Yeah. And they're, and Alyssa, rightly so, because of her trauma from uh-huh. everything that happened, is like, right. I don't want my kids to get married because it's going to be bad bad stuff again they're not they're gonna be mad about it and yeah look just... i tried that with Aegon and reyna and it yeah. sure didn't go well mm-hmm. um one of them ended up dead yep and they were held hostage for a while before that happened so yeah mm-hmm. she like she has very understandable reasons to be like maybe we don't poke the faith so soon after we calmed them down yep. maybe we leave we let the hornet's nest just kind of alone for a little while mm-hmm. um Plus, there's like a new—he's not the high septum, but he's septum, but he seems to be in line for it. Named Matthias. Uh, yes, I um, believe it is Matthias. Who, uh, he's a big dude and very opposed to incest, and he's making it known that he doesn't yep. like the incest. So, um, they've got reasons. Um, there are a lot of options about who the king should marry. Mm-hmm. Um. You noted that Rogar wanted Jaharis to marry the punk rock Tyroshi girl with the blue hair. Which, oh, I like, wish he had married the punk rock Tyroshi girl with the blue hair. So during the what during the big wedding, a bunch of Tyroshis came over, and this one girl came over who had was described having blue green hair and being very charming. Uh huh. And, like, and oh. flirty, and everyone loved her. And mm. Alyssa's like, right, but she's foreign though. No one likes the Alyssa's ladies. like, but we're xenophobic. Uh, right, right, but uh, yeah. Yeah, she has but so and, and Alyssa's one and when with dyed tresses to marry. <laughs> yes, yeah. Dyed a girl with dyed tresses and an accent. <laughs> an accent. Oh my god, that's so and funny. And I was like, excuse me, Alyssa. <laughs> you are directly calling out, you know, people like me. I've got, you know, dyed mm-hmm. hair and tattoos. I don't have an accent, but I probably would there. Anyway. Well, I wonder um, I, I was kind of wondering if the Tyroshi girl was also bisexual because she had dyed blue hair. Oh yeah. Like maybe introduce her to Reyna. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe send her to a fair aisle. Um, so uh yeah, there are a bunch of other options. There were some lordly houses, there was um, you know, uh some people who had offered wives to Magor were like, hey, those girls still aren't married, mm-hmm. so they could marry Jaharis. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's lots of options, but there's just only one for Alisanne. Well, listen, only she's one. She's just not as important as Jaharis, right? So why don't we marry her to one of Rogar's brothers? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the, let's just solidify. Let's just knit that family even closer. And listen, if the brother is like in his twenties and Alisanne is like thirteen, it's okay. Like, that's fine. Yeah, she's flowered. She's ready to be married. It's good. Yeah. Um, what do you want to bet that he sure wouldn't have waited? Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that because I have thoughts about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, getting some real Tyrion and Sansa vibes out of this yeah. situation right now. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Um, There's an interesting note in the text too that it says, um, uh, Alison knew this younger brother and did not like him. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if they met during the wedding and like what he did, because Allison mm-hmm. seems like Allison at right now and moving forward is a pretty good judge of character. Yep, you know, and smart cookie, right? What did he do that made her not like him? I wonder if he participated in the pre-betting extravaganza with all of the sex workers from maybe Lise. Maybe he did. I could see her being very disapproving of that. If she knew yeah. about it. Yeah. Because I feel like it mentioned that, um, 
Yeah, it says, so this is back on page 130. Um, his brothers, nephews, and friends did for the other three. Because we talked about last oh, time that, yeah, like, yeah. Rogar only, apparently, only had sex with four of the seven women. And then it mm-hmm. says his brothers, nephews, and friends basically raped, assaulted, whatever, the mm-hmm. rest. Yeah, as um, you do. Along with two score older beauties. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think that he participated. And yeah, I'm maybe sure, she found I out. sure would not want to marry a dude who who had done that. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go, let's go with that. That like, that's the reason she doesn't like him. Is Done. Headcanon. There it is. Headcanon accepted. <laughs> so, so the last, yeah, go ahead. Oh, so, so they decide on this manager, Allison, and somehow word gets back to Allison that this is happening because they don't obviously don't include her or Jaharis in these these things and Allison uh the text gives all these options for what maidens do when they don't want to get married they they beg to not get married they they go to their mothers and weep they throw themselves out of towers all these like dramatic things and Allison says no I'm gonna go talk to my brother because I know that he wants to fuck me so um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go make sure like I'm gonna so she goes to Jaharis and she's like listen this is what I heard Andrew Harris is like, fuck. They're probably also making marriage plans for me, too. Let's nip this in the bud. Get on your dragon. Let's go. And Uh they go to Dragonstone and they get married. Yep. They fly away. They get married. They run away together. How romantic. It is. It's so romantic to run away with your 13-year-old sister. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, Rogar comes and is like, well, you haven't fucked yet. So the marriage, Mm -hmm. I cannot do that. Yeah, because um, they ask if it's been consummated, and, J- and Jahara says, well, given the age, okay, yeah. given her age, no. And I, I do find that really interesting, so we'll bring that back up in the analysis sections. But the Brogar mm-hmm. and Alyssa are like, okay, well, Rogar more so is like, all right, well, if you haven't consummated it, then it can be undone, and nobody needs to know about it. We just have to figure out how to undo it. Yep. Uh, but Alyssa, right. Alyssa doesn't say that. Nope. Um, so, yeah, they, they end up, you know, Rogar tries to fight them, and then... The Kingsguard are like, no, yeah, don't. No dice. Um, so Rogar and Alyssa go back to um, King's Landing. And interestingly, Jaharis and Alysanne spend the rest of the next year on Dragonstone. Um, apparently, he's not needed to make decisions in, you know, in the capital. They're like, it's it's super fine that it's the fine. king, and the king is not there. And just, and just like basically like. Go in their treehouse and and you know, <laughs> hang out together. They went to their fort. They went to their fort to hang out yeah. together, and, and nothing went wrong in the kingdom without the king there to make choices. They're, That's they're, really interesting to me. It does, yeah. That is such a, that's interesting. It's an interesting point. I wonder what that means. Um, there's also indication that some lords do go to treat with the king on Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. He um, hosts them in the room of the painted table, and uh, Alison is always with him. Yep. So and yep. he notes allegedly. Jaharis says. You know, Aegon kept no secrets from Visenya and Rhaenys. I keep no secrets from Alysanne. And yeah. so he's he's explicitly trying to treat his wife, or is treating his wife, as an equal in the way Aegon treated Visenya and Rhaenys. Right. And I love the idea at the end of this chapter where, like, Rogar and Alyssa, or, like, at least Rogar at the very least, is, like, trying real hard to keep the wedding secret. Mm-hmm. And, like, believes that he's succeeded by, like, burning all the letters or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but, like, lords are coming to treat... With Jaharis yeah. at Dragonstone. And and Alysanne's in the room. Like, I don't think this secret is as well kept as you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, if I showed up to treat with the king and, like, his sister was there and he was like, well, you know, I don't keep any secrets from my sister, just like my grandfather didn't keep any secrets from his two sister wives. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would not take much to put two and two together and be like, ah, oh, yes, married. Yes. That is that is also his that sister is, wife. That is what the Targaryens do. That is mm-hmm. what they be doing. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, R- uh, Rogar thinks he's very clever with all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, he thinks he's real smart. Um, so, yeah, that's what happens. That's the third wedding. The third wedding Ooh. is Jaehaerys and Alicent get married secretly. Um, All so right. Yeah. We're, well, what was the maester thinking? Um, I mean, we've already touched on the whole like you know, women can't rule thing. Mm-hmm. We brought that up in our discussion that uh, you know, the the area and Rayla are unfit. Uh, and oh no, what if Rayla is a, a sorceress? <laughs> what if she's a sorceress? She and her mom are fighting. Um, so she must be a sorceress. I can't with, like, the... George must be writing this and, like, giggling to himself as he writes it. He must be. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people out there, I'm sure, that read this at face value. And, like, what if she was in the dark arts and she killed me? What if the letter wasn't sorcered? Though no one dared speak of it, it was plain that discord had arisen between the two queens, for neither had attended their each other's wedding. Oh, spooky, uh-huh. scary ladies. <laughs> yeah, Lord Rogar and Queen Alyssa feared what might befall the realm should Reyna become a regent. Oh, not a woman who's powerful, no. <laughs> right, right. And this is clearly because there's something wrong with Reyna and not just that these are people who view power differently and, and believe that they should be the ones with it. Right. You know? This Gosh. is because Reyna's a spooky, scary lady. Reyna would have been such a good queen. Oh my God, she would have. Um, And of course, as we talked about last time, we are definitely getting more of the Targ standing and the mm-hmm. monarchy is real great when, when, a, when a handsome blank slate of a good king does it. Yeah. Um, I like this note you have here about the real... Okay, this is important, and this starts here. The romanticizing of the relationship between Jaehaerys and Alicent. Yep. This is tricky for me. Uh-huh. Because I love me a romance story. You know this. Yeah. You know this about me. I'm I'm a sucker for that. As, long, as soon as you're like, these two are in love, I'm like, they're in love. You know, I very much will buy into that. Um, I'm trying to temper that urge with remembering that he's a high school sophomore yep. or junior mm-hmm. and she is maybe maybe in eighth grade uh-huh yeah it's not great yeah these are just like teenagers who like yeah um yeah they're just they're kids like they're literal kids and, and like I... that that age gap matters though when you're at that age uh-huh. like 13 to 15 16 is like those are wildly different things. Now we do find out from the text that they do not consummate the marriage for a year and a half. So if Allison was thirteen when they got married, she'd be fourteen, almost fifteen, when they actually have sex the first time. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, later. So and I yeah I have more notes on this later that we can come back to. I just mostly okay. wanted to note that like this is starting like they are starting like the romanticizing of these two's relationship that's going to continue throughout like that's the thing that like the story of Jaehaerys and Alysan isn't just like Targ standing it's not just like ooh rah 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 we love the Targaryens Mm -hmm. and it's not just like rah rah Jaehaerys is the best it's also like what a beautiful love story you can't Mm -hmm. hate them 
you incest might be gross but they love each other they're so in love and i and think like, that's just targaryen propaganda mm-hmm. or at least at some level there's some targaryen propaganda happening mm-hmm. well there's also on the the second to last page of the chapter they uh there's the great passage of what allison says when they're like we're gonna separate you guys she says never his bride affirms send me to the ends of the earth and wed me to the king of mosavi or the lord of the gray waste Silverwing will always bring me back to Jaehaerys. And with that, she raised herself onto her toes and lifted her face to the king, and he kissed her full upon the lips while all, whilst, all look on, whilst all looked on. Sorry. And then there's a footnote about how this is, like, one of the most romantic stories, and it's, like, sung about all the time, and maidens who are lovesick think about it and all this stuff. And I'm like, she's 13. That's very, that sounds like, and we could get back to this. Uh-huh. But that sounds very almost like Stockholm syndrome you know, mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to circle back around and we can pick yeah. all that apart at the yeah. very, very end. Because um, okay. it's at the end of the section. So, uh, what really happened? Uh, you wanted to talk about the the tourney. Yes. So, back in the day, somebody, the, this concept of picking a king's guard from a tourney was, was floated before. And I believe it was floated by Aegon the Conqueror. Mm -hmm. And Visenya said, no, sweetie. Visenya (sighs) said, no, we're not going to have a party to pick your Kingsguard. We need people that can actually protect you. And you and I talked about thinking that was a really smart decision. Mm -hmm. So this time, when Alyssa's like, why don't we have a tourney to pick the Kingsguard? My thought was, why don't you not? Why don't you actually, like, get real, like, real knights and stuff and... Fine. Uh-huh. Like, you, you have no dearth of people who have combat experience because we just had a war, right? Uh-huh. So why don't we do it that way? And I couldn't quite figure it out except that maybe, like, Alyssa was trying, was, like, less concerned about his actual protection and more, like, physical protection and more concerned about, like, appeasing lords and that conciliation like we've been talking about. But uh-huh. I'm not sure. Do you have thoughts about that? I mean, the other option is just like we saw last time is that this actually happened in the reverse. Because because oh. Alyssa is the one who says, like, um, you know, I want the knights protecting my son to be the finest found anywhere in Westeros. Let's pick let's let's have attorney to choose the mm-hmm. the King's Guard. And then it says that King Jaharis was the one who said sagely the young king decreed that his would be protectors would prove their prowess afoot, not in the joust. This says that Jaharis was like, oh. we can pick them at the tourney, but not from the joust, from the melee. Mm-hmm. And I'm like Maybe this is another one of those situations where the reverse happened. Where right. Like, which totally makes, okay. That, that would make so more, sense. more sense. Yeah. That like a 16 year old, that like a 15 year old boy would be like, oh my God, we can pick my king's guard from the knights. Holy shit. This would be so cool. They'd be the yeah. best knights. They'd be the coolest. And then like, Alyssa would be like, no, no, sweetie. We want them to actually have skills that will mm-hmm. protect you. So we will pick them from the melee. Like, well, well, good thought, uh, but let's do it slightly differently. Right. So, like, Alyssa's not a, as um, confrontational as Visenya, so she didn't, ju- she didn't just say no. She said, mm-hmm. okay, that's a good idea, but what if we did it from the melee instead? Because uh-huh. that's how they would actually be protecting you. Huh? Right. You think? Yep. Uh-huh. And then he was like, oh, that's a great idea. That's what I'm going to do. And then everyone gave it, it gave it to mm-hmm. Jaharis as the mm-hmm. decider. That makes more sense. That I can get on board with. Right. Because this is still, and she's still the regent. 
Mm-hmm. Like at this point, like he's not king yet. He he's still in his regency, and mm-hmm. we already know because the maester tipped his hand and told us that like Alyssa's the one making all the choices. Right. Exactly. That, like I just believe that it probably happened. That it's more likely to have happened the other direction mm-hmm. than in the direction that they've told us. Yes. That like I, I I can believe that these two parties are involved making this choice, but not that Alyssa was the one who was like, oh yeah, sure, sure, the tourney knights. They'll be great protection. Because also remember, she's deeply traumatized by how her children have been murdered. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot tell me that Alyssa Targaryen, like Alyssa Targaryen, Nivalarion, is like, not Baratheon, um, that like, you cannot tell me that the woman who watched two of her children be held hostage, not by knights, and her third child be, like, brutally tortured and murdered, that mm-hmm. she would be like, you know what we need protecting you? Tourney knights. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> I think you unpacked it for me. Because I could not I could not make heads or tails. I'm like, why would she choose to do this? It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. If she was the one, she made the right decision of it has to be from the melee. Yep. To, right. And that he just wanted it to be from the party. That, yeah. Full, yeah, yeah. Full like he was like, yeah, this would be super cool. Let's let's pick my Kingsguard from the party that we're already having. And mm-hmm. that does feel like like that is a conciliatory conciliatory thing to do. To be yeah. like, let's pick them from the people who are here. We've already got a bunch of people here. And mm-hmm. like maybe some lords and stuff, and they'll feel cool that their kids are in the Kingsguard. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like a really teenage boy thing to do. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um yeah, we also have our notes that we love Jungle Dark, which we have already said. She's yes. she gives me Brienne vibes. In like she the best is possible way. She's proto Brienne. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We yeah. Absolutely. Her. Come on. Um, we'll be able to get back to her um, further on in the story. She does more things. Right now, she's just cool because mm-hmm. she was, you know, she showed up and um, seemed to have done pretty well. She was um, known as the Red Serpent, I think. The, the Scarlet. Serpent in so Scarlet. Scarlet. Oh. Ugh. That love would be. Her. Gretchen, that would be such a cool cosplay. Like if you did like armor, but like uh-huh. all in like a dark red. Yeah. <sighs> Be pretty goth jungle dog. Yes, with like like, ooh, if it was like okay, if it was like a dark black plate with like with red details, like the like I don't know what what house darkling sigil is, but like whatever sigil. Or if she's just this, maybe she's had a serpent. Maybe that's why she was the serpent in Scarlet. What is Duskendale? Hold on one second. I don't know. We're gonna find out. We're committed to uh, uh, accuracy on this podcast. House darkling. All right probably hear my clicking because i have a clicky keyboard um oh there okay yeah there's no serpent i wonder if she's called the serpent in scarlet because she's like quick she's like described as being thin so i wonder yeah. if she's like really like quick has a lot of agility and dexterity but i would say um, it's a woman thing except that she was called the serpent in scarlet before she was unmasked right i feel like it's also a proto um um night laughing tree well, yeah, that. I feel like it's tied to the Night of the Laughing Tree, which I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure is Lyanna Stark. Yeah. I don't think there's any other way to understand that. Um, but also, um, oh, Doran Martell's brother. Oberyn. Oberyn oh. Martell. The Viper. That, like, oh. he's playing with, with some Viper symbolism there of, like, being, like, lithe and quick and agile. Yeah, I could um, see that. I could definitely see like, that. Versus, like, big, heavy. But, like, because the coat of arms is, like... Two-thirds of it is, like, black and yellow diamonds. I'm not going to use the fancy terminology. I'm just going to use the descriptive ones. And then a third of it is, like, on a red background with, like, white shields. Like, there's nothing about that. And even if she's a, if she's a bastard daughter, she wouldn't have been 
allowed yeah. to probably wear Well, I wonder arms. if she had, I wonder if she had, like, I mean, because a lot of mystery knights will, like, take a sigil, like, the night laughing tree, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I wonder if she took, like, a snake or something as her sigil, and that was yeah. what was on her breastplate or something, or on her, on her shield. I mean, she would need something on her shield. Mm-hmm. She couldn't not have... So, like, maybe she had a, a, a snack. A snack, a snack. 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 I would believe it. Um, Boop the snoot. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she had a long boy as her sigil. She had a, um, this is the, the longest boy as her sigil. The longest boy. <laughs> uh-huh. the, the, the long boy in Scarlet, yes. I remember. <laughs> Jungle Dark. <laughs> Anyway, we don't have to do that next. I feel like we covered pretty well about, like, Alyssa and Raina fighting. Okay. We covered that pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I wasn't okay. sure if there was anything else in the fight. Um, no, it just says that they were bickering. Yeah. Um, okay, so we also get some interesting hints about um, who else is kind of in the room making decisions. One that stood out to me was this section about Grand Maester Benefer. Mm-hmm. Um, see if I can find. Okay, so it's on page 135 at the very bottom. Um. This is when they're trying to decide who to marry Jaehaerys to. Yes. Um, and it says, Grandmaster Benefer spoke loudest against such a course. The course being, um, so, Rogar wants to marry Jaehaerys to the punk blue-haired Tyroshi from across the sea. Mm-hmm. Alyssa wants to marry, um, like... She says her preference is to look to the houses who had risen in support of Aegon the Uncrowned in the battle beneath the God's Eye. So she wants to favor one of the supporters of mm-hmm. a- one of Aegon the Uncrowned supporters. Um, and then it says Grandmaster Benefer spoke the loudest against such a course, pointing out that the sincerity of their commitment to peace and reconciliation might be doubted if they were seen to favor those who had fought for Aegon over those who had remained with Magor. Mm-hmm. A better choice, he felt, would be the daughter of one of the great houses that had taken little or no part in the battle between uncle and nephew, a Tyrell, a Hightower, and Aaron. It's interesting to me that he seems to be on the side of like, well, we don't want to favor our supporters too much. So mm-hmm. I was wondering if we can retroactively like see his voice being a part of the conversation of like, well, we don't want to favor our supporters too much and we don't want to put out the supporters of Magor too much. Because right. here he is explicitly saying, like, well, we don't want to favor our supporters too much. Let's choose someone neutral. But mm-hmm. I'm wondering if his is also another voice we need to consider that, like, this isn't just Harry's making this making these decisions. Like, mm-hmm. a choice of, like, well, we need to not, we need to show, like, you know, less favor to our supporters and more favor to Magor supporters. Like, we see someone else voicing that very same opinion. So it makes me... Again, makes me wonder how oh, much Jaehaerys came saying. up with that himself. Yeah. Like, we already, there is mm. someone else in the room who was on this side of things, and it's not Jaehaerys. Mm-hmm. And he certainly would have been talking to his maester. His maester would have been counseling him. Uh-huh. The whole Benefer would have been there. Hmm. Right. That's a good point. I mean, I think it's also really interesting, like, the debate they are having, because, say, Alison didn't exist. There wasn't a sister-to-marry option. Mm-hmm. Um that is a really sticky political situation. Because yeah. you got three choices. You marry somebody who supported Aegon, you mm-hmm. marry someone who supported Magor, or you marry someone neutral. And no matter what you pick, you're gonna piss somebody off. Right. Right. Or you, you know? or the for, or the foreign option, which is Rogar's yeah. option, which is like, yeah. how about just not a Westerosi? Yeah, where how about just piss everyone off then? Yeah, you know? yes, like- that's the other choice. <laughs> piss everybody off. Everyone is equally upset because it's a yeah. foreign woman with blue hair. Right. So it's like it's really difficult. I think they're in a hard, a tough spot to, uh, you know, select an appropriate 
wife for mm-hmm. Jaharis. And it's actually kind of lucky that Jaharis had a sister he could marry, you know? Right. It's, yeah. Sometimes you got to marry the 12-year-old and the politics is the... <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back to House yeah, of the Dragon. Sometimes you marry the 12-year-old. Sometimes you have to marry the 12-year-old. Um, we get a bit more of that, like, Jaharis was the bestest boy. It talks mm-hmm. about how he had quote, every sign of being a just, merciful, and chivalrous ruler. And I'm like, he's 16 and just sat there the whole time. Like, how much yeah. could he have actually done this? He was gone from court for a year and a half. <laughs> and nothing changed. Right. <laughs> Everything seemed fine, actually. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's the biggest one for me, is like, he can literally just go hang out on Dragonstone for a year and, no, and nothing changes. That I'm just like... I mean, I think one of the reasons, one of the reasons he's going to have, as we'll see, a very relatively successful rule is that he didn't do it all himself. It it was really much more like an oligarchy than a a monarchy because he entrusted so much to his council and then rightfully so, you know. Right, right, right. But also he needed, I mean, we're going to, we're going to talk about Alisan next, but like he needed Alisan to like clue him in on shit. Um, when you listen to your hot Targaryen wife. Yep. Uh, she's not hot yet because she's 13. In the future, right. she'll be his hot Targaryen wife. Right now, she's mm-hmm. his child bride. But yep. when you listen to your dragon wife, things go better for you. Right. Okay? You uh-huh. need a dragon wife. We all need a dragon uh-huh. wife. Right. I mean, like, he was, I will give him some credit. He was decisive about the whole wedding to Alisan thing. Yeah. He, as soon as he was confronted with, like, hey, maybe this is happening, um... I should, you know, he acts on it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a little bit skeptical. Like, I'm a little bit side-eyeing him that, like, she literally had to be like, hey, so they're planning my wedding. And he's like, oh, oh, you know what? Oh, they're probably planning one for me. Yeah. <laughs> and the way the text presents it is this is this, like, masterful, smart, you know, like, he deduced it. And I'm like, no shit, No, Sherlock. duh, obviously. <laughs> Oh my god, like, to Harry's buddy, like, that's really not, like, the, like, that's not, like, an amazing leap of insight that you just yeah. had there. That's, like, really logical, actually. Yeah, but he Also, didn't. you probably should have been suspecting this all along because you're the king and you're gonna have to get married and start making babies soon. Uh, Why did you not think of this beforehand? I just love that Alyssa, like, Alisanne had to be like, hey, Jaharis, they are planning to marry me off. And he's like, wait wait yeah <laughs> oh i know shit Maybe we gotta act on this he's 16 and not the most self-reflective okay no. he doesn't he doesn't deeply right now he's a little he's distracted by his dad's gaming chair okay like yeah look. <laughs> he's and just... he's got his new king's guard he's got his new bros oh he's hanging with his bros oh man yeah. he's having a jolly good time uh-huh yeah but it's definitely interesting. I mean, I guess we're gonna we're getting a little bit more into Allison mm-hmm. and and Jaharis. Um but like Allison herself, I mean, in terms of her agency, I I tend to, I again I tend to believe most of what's on page about Allison because like we talked about last episode, mm-hmm. the the bias of the Maester is to give men the benefit of the doubt and women more criticism than they deserve. Right. So if she's being written this way as being this smart and and bookish and um, mm-hmm. active, you know, I then I tend to feel that that's probably true, if not more true than what's on page. Right. Uh, 
so I do think like she found out about it and she was like, my solution is to marry Jaehaerys. So it's, I don't think she didn't want to marry Jaehaerys. Right. I, I just, it's hard to, to judge when she's so young. Yeah. Cause yeah, she's 13. Like she's a big nerd. She just likes mm-hmm. to, you know, um, likes to read books. And if she'd been a boy, definitely would have been sent to the Citadel to forge mm-hmm. a master. You know, like they talk about her, like she's just a big nerd. Like I cannot actually imagine that she's currently even thinking about getting married at this point. Like she I mean, she is like... young to get. I mean, we we've seen some young marriages, but like thirteen mm-hmm. is quite even for this universe is quite young. Right, right. Um, I'm trying to think of other Targaryens because we got Aegon and his sisters were all adults by the time they hit Westeros. Then Aenys and Alyssa were. In their late teens, right. when they married and started having kids right away, Magor was married very young. Mm-hmm. Magor was probably the youngest one. Yeah, he was thirteen, I think, or fourteen. Yeah, he was around that age. Um, I think he was thirteen, and which is like, I think, oh, I don't know. It's still weird. It's still really yeah. weird. Well, he was a lusty his wife husband. Was like, remember? Yeah, and his wife oh. was like ten years older than him. Yeah. Um, what about Raina and Aegon? They were older because Reyna, Reyna was older, so she was already, mm-hmm. like, they I were, like, how old they were. They were, like, around, Reyna herself was, like, 18 or 19 by that point. She wasn't, like, a child bride, and neither mm-hmm. was um, Aegon. So I think, like, Allison being 13 at this marriage, the 13 and 15 is kind of, like, one of our young, probably our youngest pair at this yep. point. Yep. Um... But yeah, um, I find it really interesting that she's like depicted as being the one once they get to Dragonstone, she's depicted as being the one of like, okay, we got to prep for this. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to read some books. We're still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Like, we're married. We're going to be ruling. We're going to be in charge, but we're still pretty young. So we got to read some books about this. Jaehaerys, like, you got to study up, mm-hmm. buddy. Like, you got to study for your job. And Jay's um, like, yeah, no problem. That's fine. Yeah, we'll read some yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, Cheers, yeah, we'll read some books in between making yeah. out. Yeah. Um, oh. God. <laughs> um, yeah, and also I, the other thing that I thought was really interesting was that they um, they noted that like um, that they they first noted that they underestimated Alisanne mm-hmm. more than they underestimated. Jaharis when they find out that they had run away together that it mentions mm-hmm. like first and foremost that they underestimated Alisanne and I was like oh interesting interesting yes, that you, you admit that yes you did mm. for sure <laughs> you did not expect that she would go running to her brother and be like marry me and again another woman another woman child another girl in Westeros mm-hmm. um who is part of this family and is feels able to use her agency, who is a dragon rider. Yep. You know? Yep. I, I do think that there is this this tie between uh not all not always, we, and we'll see as the story goes on, but this tie between like have like feeling capable of expressing your agency and being a dragon rider mm-hmm. in this fantasy setting. Right. You know? Yes, that, like, instead of, like, in that list that you described of, like, what women do when they are forced to get married, mm-hmm. like, those feels like the kinds of things you do when you don't have power to change the decision. 
Like, yeah. You beg for mercy. You commit suicide. You, you know, like those are what you do when you can't actually change the outcome. Yeah. But like, Alison knows that she could change the outcome. Yeah. Um. She can fly away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She and she. She and can her, say bye. And yeah. Be gone. She and her brother can just be like, "Peace out, yo. Yeah. Go get married." Yeah. And um, that's what they do. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the other thing that I find that I was found really compelling about this section was. That we're starting to see differences of opinion between Alyssa and Rogar that are more than just, like, that are political decisions, that, but also feel like they don't bode well either for their marriage mm-hmm. or for their ability to work together as counselors for the king. Mm-hmm. That they're actually starting to work at odds with each other by the end of this section. Okay. Because um, we know that they're motivated by different things, like... Alyssa is motivated by trauma and anxiety mm-hmm. about what happened to Aegon, um, which is valid. Um, and that influences a lot of her decisions about Alysanne and Jaehaerys. Rogar is motivated when he does not have direct control. He's, yes. mo- he's motivated by thwarted entitlement and mm-hmm. a desire for power. Um, so the way that they react to the kids getting married just like embodies that and also i think shows that they're starting to work at odds against each other but don't realize it yet mm-hmm. um because it says um that says rogar angry at the disrespect he felt the king had shown him yes and unaccustomed to defeat rogar baratheon remained determined to find a way to part jaharis and alisanne so long as their marriage remained unconsummated he believed a chance remained Best then to keep the wedding secret so it might be undone without anyone being the wiser. So he's going, you made a decision without my leave. I'm going to try and undo this. Yes. Queen Alyssa says, Queen Alyssa wanted time as well, though for a different reason. What is done is done, she had said at the gates of Dragonstone. And so she believed. But memories of the bloodshed and chaos that had greeted the marriage of her other son and daughter still haunted her nights, and the Queen Regent was desperate to find some way to ascertain that history would not be repeated. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to pave the way. She's not trying to end the marriage. She right. wants to pave the way for the marriage to be accepted by society. She's accepted. They're married. They've made their choices. We can't undo that. But last time, it went real bad. And I don't want the same thing to happen to these kids as happened to my other children. So I actually, it seems like she's at the point where she's like, okay, I have to work with them. But like in this year period, while they're like doing their thing in their fort together, like she's trying to pave the way so that their marriage will eventually be accepted and Mm -hmm. embraced and celebrated rather than treated with scorn and called an abomination. Whereas Rogar's like, Oh, no, I want this marriage over. He's using this year to try and undo the wedding Mm -hmm. because he's mad that he wasn't allowed to make a choice. And also, I think mad that he wasn't allowed to. I think part of that is not just feeling thwarted by being the hand of the king and not being allowed in the decision-making process. I think part of it is that he wasn't allowed to marry off Alisande to his brother. Oh, definitely. That's definitely part of the slight. I mean, the slight is, wow, I heard you want to marry me to your brother, and I married my brother instead. <laughs> yep, yep, this is how much I don't want to marry your brother. Yeah, I, I, I so don't want to marry your brother that I immediately ran away and got married. Oh, that's definitely part of it. But, I mean, I, I completely see what you're saying, and I think they are working at Ozzy, and I'm beginning to wonder, like, why? Like, why do they have such different opinions about this particular marriage? Mm-hmm. You know? And right. I think... Rogar is really easy to understand why he's against it. They mm-hmm. did it without his permission. It's a slight against him. 
yeah i'm certain he's also like you know no one's going to accept it because it's incest he has even more of the incest taboo in him because he's you know baratheon that has no actual like family members that are targaryen um Alyssa should be against it mm-hmm. because of that fear and that trauma. Right. But she's not. Mm-hmm. Or like she's not willing to undo it. And that's why I don't under... I mean, the, the only thing I could think is her. she went there and her both of her kids said, this is what we want. We're, we're mm-hmm. in love and we want to be together. And she's their mom. And she's thinking she doesn't want them to be unhappy. Yep. She mm-hmm. doesn't want them to be dead, but she also doesn't want them to be unhappy. Hmm. right yeah i think it does come from a place of being a good mom like she cares about her kids wanting what they want um i also just think she's smarter about it mm-hmm. that like you got two kids one of whom is the king and they've got dragons Mm-hmm. like how are we going to separate them right right yes like is it even practical to try and separate them like they're clearly what however they feel about each other they are devoted to each other and want this to happen is it i just feel like she looked at it and was like this is a losing like trying to separate them i mean i have heard from people who have teenage kids that if mm-hmm. you try and tell them don't do the thing, they will, like, do the thing. You know, they yes. will increase the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I can imagine her just being like, look, I don't think we can actually do this. Like, I don't think it's possible to actually separate them. Yeah. Um, and trying to do so would probably cause more harm and damage mm-hmm. and disruption than, you know, then, you know, maybe we can work with it and maybe we can soothe yeah all of that you know maybe we can soothe all of the hurt feelings and the ruffled feelings about and it. also the fear i think of alienating her children from her because she's already lost two kids rain is alienated from her at this point and it's like these are the last two and i have a good relationship with them you know right oh my gosh yeah. okay i like that because that works so mm-hmm. well with what we're saying that we're seeing with Raina with with Raina and Alyssa. that mm-hmm. like Raina wanted to do her own thing and it seems like that has created tension with her and Alyssa because Alyssa wasn't potentially was unsupportive mm-hmm. in the same way that we saw with Allison and Rhaenyra that you, I can definitely see mm-hmm. what you're saying that Alyssa's like oh I tried that I've tried yeah. opposing what my children want mm-hmm. when I think that I have a better idea of you know when, when I think I have an idea of what's better for them mm-hmm. um and it ruined my relationship with my older daughter yeah. so maybe I should let them have their way and we can at least still have a relationship yeah. And instead of trying to fix them, I'll try and I'll try and fix the country. I'll try and fix Westeros. It's, it'll, <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll right. make it work, okay? Listen. Mm, <laughs> we have absolutely. enough dragons to make this work. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I can see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just think Alyssa Yeah, she because she had different motivations saw it differently. And I just think that Rogar is too much of a toxically masculine man to Rogar is very, this. he's got that one track mind. He's like got that, mm-hmm. his, what's that word? Mono. Oh gosh. It means like you can only see one thing. I can't remember the fancy word for it. Okay. But, um, I'll eventually come up with it Mono and I'll let vision. you know. It's something about, that, but... something, it has the word scope in it, but it's not monoscope. Oh. Oh, myopic. 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 Boom. Mm-hmm. Got it. SAT word. Myopic. Yeah. Uh, He's he's got that problem here. He's very myopic about this because he's just like, my respect has been 
infringed upon. You've disrespected me. I, but by, look at how big my penis is. You can't do this, you know? And he's so, I mean, he's a great character example of the, the combination of the personal and political where nothing is not personal to him. Mm-hmm. Every right. political thing is personal to Ro- Rogar Baratheon. Yep. And yeah. he can't, he can't, he can't abide someone not listening to him and he can't abide the idea of someone not wanting to listen to him. Right, yeah, he busts you in know? there and is like, I'm the hand of the king, you should listen to me. And, and then, the king, the king's the guard king's are like, we're the king's guard, buddy, that's, not that's the hand's guard. Yeah. Right, yeah, the one person who you can't actually use that with is the person you're fighting against. Mm-hmm. Like, you might be the hand of the king, but he's the king and we serve him. So like, yeah. what are you doing here, buddy? Yeah. But just, that just says so much about Rogar that he, that like, that's his attitude is like to bust and be like, I'm the hand of the king. You should do what I say. And it very, works everywhere but with, with Jerry. Very Otto T- Hightower. Very Otto Hightower of him mm-hmm. to bust in the room and say, very this is what's happening. Yep. Yep. Um, do you Do you think that someone other than a servant told Alisanne about the betrothal? I don't know. I kind of like the idea that it was a servant. And I kind of like the idea, like, that the servant told her thinking it was good news. Yeah. That, like, the servant, like, heard it and, like, went to, like, in her bedchamber to, like, do whatever, like, to brush her hair or whatever. And was, like, you know, um, yeah, I was I was in there and I heard them talking about your uh, a betrothal for you, princess. And they're, you know, they're going to marry you to someone, like, very gallant or whatever. And Allison being, like, who? And the servant was, like, oh, it's going to be, the, like, um, the hand's youngest brother. Isn't it going to be so fun? We'll have another wedding. We'll have another party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Allison being, like, leave. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh-huh. I kind of like the idea of it getting to her not as a like you know sneaky like we have to tell Allison so she can react but like as a very nonchalant kind of the way gossip travels sort of thing yeah and I just realized that that reminds me of Sansa when Sansa is mm-hmm. engaged to Tyrion and she has no idea and then like she gets like the dress made and they're coming yeah. in and they're like oh we're making your dresses for the wedding and she's like mm-hmm. what wedding and yep. like the way that and that's also a really interesting contrast, like you were saying earlier, between a character who has no agency, like Sansa. Yeah. Sansa cannot do any of the things that Alisanne is able to do. That Sansa is like a perfect representation of like a, a young woman who, or girl, she's a girl, she's also 13, yeah. who her only options would be kill herself, beg for, beg for mercy, um, or just and like pass possibly she, accept it right she yeah. begs for, she does beg for mercy initially when she realizes it's her wedding to Tyrion. she begs cersei yeah to stop uh-huh. it and then then yeah then she has her passive resistance for the right. rest of the books right which means i think that that martin is trying to draw an explicit parallel between that scene and here of like yes. there are ways that you can resist when you don't have power and that's what it looks like to be sansa and then mm-hmm. there are ways to resist when you do have power and that's what it looks like to be alisanne yeah is you can actually get out in yeah. a way that Sansa never could. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is a. Uh, speaking of, you know, we can start talking about the the romanticizing of this relationship. Oh, how much we believe it. Um, it's so. Uh, you talk about it first, because I've got I've got a big. My feelings about it are like a big ball of yarn, and okay. they're all tangled. Okay, so. My first thought is, did they really not have sex in over a year? A year and a half? I do actually believe that. Really? I do actually believe that, yeah. 
Like, I, I believe that there was no bedding ceremony because I don't think that Rogar's Baratheon's response makes sense without it. Unless Jaehaerys is lying to try and make himself not seem like an asshole. Because Jaehaerys could be, be like, what, you think I fucked my 13-year-old sister? No, of course not. I would, would that, not have sex would with my 13-year-old sister. Would that even be looked down on, though? I don't know. I don't think um, that would even be looked down on. What I think is interesting about that detail is that normally, like, if she had married Rogar Baratheon's brother, there uh-huh. would have been a bedding that night when yep. she's 13 and he's 20-something. Yep. No, And, like, I don't think that would have been, like, they didn't have terms like pedophilia, you know? So... Yeah. They, I don't think that would have even been looked down on because she's a, she's flowered, so she can be married, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see Jaharis having a reason to lie, and I don't see Alison would have to be in on the lie as well. Right. Yeah. So, like, I believe that it is harder for me to believe that in the year and a half between that, like, the maester says that they don't have sex for a year and a half mm-hmm. after the wedding. I find that a little bit harder to believe, mostly because they're both horny teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I find it difficult mm. to believe that a couple of horny teenagers didn't have sex when they're literally by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hanging out in their just like dragon fort together. Um, <laughs> the dragon it, fort. The dragon fort. It feels like it could be, though I don't know. That it could be one of those, like, well, isn't Jaehaerys the most gallant, chivalrous, bestest king? Because even though he was married to his 13-year-old sister, he didn't have sex with her until she was older. Yeah, but she's not even that much older. She's maybe 14 and a half, maybe 15. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like he waited till she was, like, old enough to safely have children or something like that. So it's like, if it is a lie, I don't know where it gets us to. Right. You know? I mean, I it could like, be. I meant that it, it gets us to like a like a really gallant, romantic depiction of their relationship, of like, look, they were. It's incestuous. We get it, but it's mm-hmm. romantic. It's chaste. It's beautiful. They okay. were just like horny fucking teenagers, mm-hmm. you know. Like the, when they were alone by themselves, you all would definitely assume that they're just having all the the crazy sex because we all know that people who commit incest are abominations and and products of lust but you know guess what it was perfect it was beautiful it was chaste it was lots of lots of lingering kisses i think is what they described yeah lots of lingering kisses you know it was like it's the most beautiful perfect relationship that you could ask for and that's Mm -hmm. why it's not bad and that's why, like, that's why we can be okay with the incest because look what a good, beautiful, chaste relationship they had before. But while hmm. their marriage was a secret, they didn't just, like, you know, they also didn't have sex because then, you know, they were waiting until they got to, you know, show up in front of everyone and have an official bedding and an official, mm-hmm. you know, big grand wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have sex before the official, the official wedding that everyone considered the real wedding. Right. Like... It just, I'm just skeptical because yeah, I'm like, it's a couple yeah. of horny teenagers and it feels like it really serves the idea that like incest is okay when Jaharis and Alessand do it because they're also like perfect and beautiful and romantic and do it in the best possible way. I can definitely see that angle. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I want to believe. Right? <laughs> I do too. Like, I definitely like, really want to believe. Idea that like he, that like Jaharis was the kind of boy who was like, she's only 13. I probably shouldn't I have just sex really, with her. I just really want Jaharis to be the kind of person who doesn't sexually assault his sister. Yes. That's what I want. 
Yeah. I wanted to be like, like even putting the age thing aside, like I wanted to be that Alison was like, I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. And Ja Harris was like, that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. Yes. Given how close they are throughout their relationship and given how well adjusted Alison is for the rest of her life, mm-hmm. I would find it hard to believe that her first sexual experience would have been a sex assault by Jaharis. Mm-hmm. I and I think that, I that that like they wouldn't have the kind of relationship that we'll see unfold mm-hmm. if that is how it started. Yep. So and Alisanne doesn't have any of the at least described any of the behaviors of someone who is assaulted at a very young age. Yep. You know. Yep. So I think. I, so I want to believe, and I'm, I'm like desperately looking for for stuff. It's certainly possible that they. I think, I think that whatever sex they had was consensual. I yeah, think that yeah, I yeah. can go with. But when it happened, I think you're right. Like, because the text even says, "If servants' tales may be believed, the king and his new queen slept naked, and shared many long and lingering kisses, a bed and a table, and at many other times throughout the day, yet never consummated their union." That's the part where I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure they could have been doing other stuff too? You know, they could have been doing like they could have been doing other things that weren't like you know penetrative sex. They could have been doing all kinds of you know. Which, if that's what happened, it would have been a very healthy sexual relationship for them. They first they like each other, then they spend like you know a year or so like learning about their bodies and each other's bodies or whatever before like you know going all the way and that's the very healthy of them and i want it to be true gretchen damn it i want it to be true <laughs> i am comfortable with saying that maybe both are true <laughs> okay that like that they because i like the idea that their relationship is their relationship is consensual and everything about their dynamic feels like it's consensual yeah um and Alison and throughout the rest of the story, the fact that Alison was the one who like initiated, mm-hmm. who was like, "Hey, they're trying to marry off, marry me off to what's his name? Like, how about we get married? Like, mm-hmm. I feel less likely that she was like, "Oh no, they're trying to marry me off. What, sh- whatever, shall we do, big brother?" And he was like, "How about we get married?" Like, I feel like she probably went to him yeah. and was like, "They're gonna marry me off to what's his name?" Um. We've already kind of been planning on getting married. You know, we've grown up mm-hmm. assuming we're going to get married. So, like, let's just do it now. Yeah. And that yeah. their sexual relationship was consensual and did probably develop slowly. I'm mostly mm-hmm. just skeptical that they didn't have sex at all in the year and a half that they were on Dragonstone when they're by themselves and also, like, mm-hmm. making out naked in bed. Like, I remember being yeah. a teenager. Yeah. And I just find it hard to believe that, like, they were... That they had that much restraint at that age. Uh, yeah, I, that I understand. Yep. <laughs> and that just feels really romanticized in a way to like, yeah, to mm-hmm. a way to make the wedding that happens later in the story be like the real wedding. Yeah. Okay. You know? I'm down for that. I'm down okay, for that. So we can I both think, be right. Yes. I think that I like that reading of it. It's always interesting with these characters because like with Allison at this time, I, I'm always of two minds of it because on the one hand, I'm like she's 13, and mm-hmm. like can she even be making these decisions? Right. And on the other hand, I'm like I I remember being a teenager and hating it when people acted like because of my age I couldn't make decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's like it really is like robbing you of your agency when you're like a kid and you say things like like when I was 13 I always was like I want to be a lawyer and people were like 
oh, like, you'll, like, go to school and you'll figure out what you want to do or whatever. And I hated being told mm. that I was wrong about myself. Yep. I'm like, I'm not wrong about me. I'm the expert on me. I'm right. the only one who knows me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And right. so it's like, Allison, I mean, she's fictional, so we can't ask her how she felt about it now. But I feel like saying she couldn't make these decisions or she wasn't the one making decisions or whatever is, like, robbing her of her agency. Mm-hmm balancing that with the fact that she was 13 at the time and her her sexual partner was a few years older than her right it's it that's why it's complicated i always go back right. and forth on it right right and also like unlike sansa she does have agency in this patriarchal right. system because she's a dragon rider right so she has more when we're talking about sansa then like yeah she's you know, she might want things, but is she capable of actually enacting those choices? Probably not, because mm-hmm. under patriarchy, like, she's trapped. She has no power. Right. Um, so, like, her getting married to Tyrion is not something she has any agency about. Right. But that's different for Alysanne. Alysanne marrying Jaehaerys is entirely a product of her agency. Mm-hmm. Because she could have done any, she could have done literally anything else when she found out that she was, that they were going to engage her to mm-hmm. Brogar's younger brother. She could have done literally anything else. But what she decides to do is go tell her brother and then they go get married. That's clearly what she wanted. But how much of that choice is made because she grew up socialized to believe she was going to marry her brother? You know, like, mm-hmm. like it's, you get like into this it's little true. like cyclical thing of like, how much was that her choice versus right. how much of that was she trained to think was the expected outcome, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I right. don't know. I don't yeah. know. We can't know. Yeah. It's um, fascinating, though. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, so, like, I do think that, like, there is some romanticization happening with, like, their sexual dynamic. And, you know, you talked earlier about, like, Alisanne's big speech about never being separated. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, did you really say that? that, that There's some like citation. That kind of thing that goes in a song, you know, when you talk about how romantic. Yeah, there's a citation for how how this all got written down yo it's in the footnote i was in the footnote page 143 yeah it says so the confrontation at the gates of dragonstone was set down by grandmaster benefer who is there to witness it um and then like so then it talks about um how this story has been a favorite of lovesick maidens and their squires throughout the seven kingdoms songs have been written about it um the seven men in white cloaks who face down half a hundred um but i love that Gildane's like all of these tellings overlook the presence of the castle garrison yeah you know like it wasn't seven men against half a hundred it was seven men in the entire castle garrison on dragonstone who would have supported the king but like and the king and queen who each have a dragon mm-hmm. <laughs> right so like he's even willing to recognize that there is some romanticizing happening mm-hmm. um even in the narrative he's presenting he's willing to be like you know, this is a really romantic story and everyone tells stories about it and it mm-hmm. there are versions that we know are less accurate than others because they're trying to make it more romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I still even wonder how dramatic the showdown was, even the one that he presents. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that Grand Maester Benefer was there and witnessed it and he wrote it down makes me more likely to believe it. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the stories that is is mostly true. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, for example, the kiss on the mouth, the fact that uh, they kissed they kiss in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 
why would Benefer make that particular detail up? Right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe this, maybe he, like, elaborated on the speech a little bit from Allison. Uh-huh. Maybe he made it sound a little bit less like a 13-year-old and more like like, a, like an adult kind uh-huh. of thing. But, um, but also, Allison was very well-read. And right. well, yes. you know, was a, like a nerdy little kid, and she could have very easily been overdramatic and given a little like lovesick speech kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I tend to give it more credence because mm-hmm. of the fact that we know the witness who was there, and right. he had means to write it down shortly thereafter. You right. Know. I also believe what that this is one of the first times that we've actually heard words that Jaharis spoke when yeah. he's talking <laughs> to the when he's talking to the Septon Matthias, and he's like. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, what does he say? Um, hold your tongue, fat man. If another word passes your lips, I will have them sewn shut. I was like, that's such a 15-year-old boy thing to say. Yep. Gets, yep. He's such a teenager in that moment that I'm like, I believe Jaharis said yep. that. He's a teenager. Of course you yep. do. He's a teenage <laughs> king. Like That's the kind of shit Joffrey would say. Absolutely. You know? Like, yeah, that is very much so. Uh-huh. So this was one of the first times where I'm like, oh, yeah. I believe Jaharis said that. Absolutely believe Jaharis said that. As is. Um, mm-hmm. Makes so much sense for him. Um, this is also our first footnote. It is interesting yes. that we're like 140 pages in and we get a footnote. Um, I think we get more as there the text There definitely are on. more. Yeah, the text um, gets kind of footnote heavy later. I'm just flipping through now and I just saw three more. Yeah, but it was yeah. like mildly jarring to be like, oh, yeah, this has footnotes. Yeah um because we're like almost 150 pages in and we haven't seen a footnote um so uh i think to kind of wrap things up we've got some like a little bit of theme talk and then some um i just wanted i just want to briefly mention like all of the women that um who get shafted in the way that they're talked about who are recommended as brides for Harris. Poor like, Eleanor, Eleanor Costain. Leave Eleanor, Leave Eleanor Costain alone. alone. Leave Eleanor alone. She has been through so much, okay? <laughs> like, whoever she killed, recommended her needs she to She killed Megor for us. To send her home. Give her some money. Give, there's also, yeah. in this in this chapter, um, if you have the book, there's a beautiful two-page spread. Yeah. That I guess is supposed to be the wedding on Dragonstone between Jaehaerys yes. and Alysanne. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize that, but... Alisanne looks like a straight-up adult. Oh, my this. God. Yeah, she does not look like a 13-year-old. No, that's not... 13-year-olds don't look like that. Right. But yeah. it's a really cool picture. Yes. Oh, yeah, because, like, can you see her tits? Yeah. That... She has... I mean, most things... She has there, cleavage. There are some 13-year-olds who look like that, but not a lot of them. Yeah, not a lot of them. And the text had actually said that, like, a little bit earlier that, like, she was not... She's slender. That, she's, she's, like, she's small. She's still pretty slender and flat, yeah kind of like childlike even at 13 that i'm like that sure doesn't that That sure does not look like it Mm -hmm. they are also both as tall as the septon which like again i can believe that that jaharis might be that tall 15 year old boys can grow that quickly yeah yeah i don't know that i believe that oh again she had been described as being small yeah like she was specifically slender yeah. And uh, she does not look like a short and slender 13-year-old. No. No, she does not. Um, YOLO. Whatever. Sometimes yeah, you child bride your sister. <laughs> Liberty is taken with the illustrations. There yeah. are some other illustrations in this book that I'm like, oh, I think you just wanted her to look sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. <laughs> which I know is, which I just realized I had mm-hmm. never been thinking of the illustrations as being 
part of the source text, you know, part of the text in the same way. Oh, like if it's inverse, are they inverse yeah, images? Yeah, are these inverse illustrations? And if they're inverse the illustrations, I can absolutely believe that at some point in history, someone was like, oh yeah, we got to make Alice and Targaryen hot. Yeah. That's what women are for. They're hot. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if we know that answer. I don't know that we know that either. Because old style, like medieval style texts were illuminated, but I don't know if that they were illuminated in this style. Right. I, I would have to look into it more. I'm just not sure. Um, but now yeah, I, I don't know if pictures. we're meant to think of the illustrations as inverse, but and this is one of those times where I feel like, yeah, if these if these illustrations are inverse and after the fact, like occurred, mm-hmm. you know, when this inverse text is written rather than like at the time that the events happen, then mm-hmm. I totally believe that there was some maester somewhere who was like, oh yeah, Alisanne, she's gonna, I'm gonna give her big tits, she's hot. Oh, I think there's a picture, we'll get to it in several episodes from now, because it's like quite a bit, um, there's a picture later of Aegon and Allison, or, uh, not Aegon, sorry, Jaehaerys and Allison. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Where they're getting about, their clothes torn off? Where they're getting their clothes torn off? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's real uncomfortable. Yeah. I know exactly which one you're talking about. They oh. look real horny for each other. Well, they do. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> so, Things Themes. <laughs> themes um, marrying your sister is fine um yeah right. i feel like we could talk a bit more about rogar yes that like now that we've reached the end of this chapter we can kind of look back and see that like um we have a much better sense of what he's about versus what Alyssa is about but you know like i said earlier by the time we get to the end of this chapter i feel like we have a pretty decent sense of like what is motivating Alyssa versus what is motivating rogar yeah um and Rogar, it's definitely like her entitled power. Like Rogar's is very like a, your very classic male patriarchy reasons. Mm-hmm. I want power. I feel entitled to power. Yep. I've been given some power, but no amount of power is enough. Yep. Right. You know, like he'll never be king, mm-hmm. so he'll never be the top in patriarchy. Right. Yep. There and there's no way for him to be the top in patriarchy because of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that like hand of the king is a ceiling for him. Yeah, that the highest office he can get is hand of the king, and he resents some part of him resents that the highest he can get is hand of the king. Yeah, and is like doing the best he can to like try and gain enough. I because I have a sense after reading this chapter, especially towards the end, when you just see how angry he is that like people are making decisions without consulting him, mm-hmm. and we saw that a little bit at the beginning with Reyna. Mm-hmm. He's just like, how dare you Yeah. decide to get married without my consent? And I'm like, one, you're not the dad. Like, yeah. you, are, you are not the father of these children. You're the stepdad at best. But you weren't even at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And like, two, you're the hand. You're not the king. Yeah. But that like, I just get this sense that like, I have a feeling that when he declared Jaehaerys king, that what he was hoping for would be that he would get to be the Otto Hightower to mm-hmm. Viserys, to the Viserys Targaryen that we see in House of the Dragon. Yes. And he would get to be basically the power behind the throne. Mm-hmm. The one who is through the king who's actually in charge making all the decisions, though. Right. Exactly. I was about to say he's very Otto Hightower. Mm-hmm. One, the difference being Otto does have a way to increase his station because Otto has a daughter. Yep. And yep. so Otto's able to put his his grandson mm-hmm. di- in direct line to inherit. Yep. Right. 
that's the only way like a hand of the king can move up a smidgen is mm-hmm. to have like your your son or your grandson be or your your daughter to be queen is one step up mm-hmm. and then her children her son to be king after that that's like then yeah then you're the grandfather of a king that's as close as you can get right and you and you hope that by that point you can rule through your grandchild kind of like tywin lannister was hoping to rule through joffrey right exactly um, otto was trying to rule through aegon mm-hmm. and rogar can't do that but i think that he was trying to basically make himself Jaehaerys's right-hand man and be the person who was helping I mean, him make choices. They were Jaehaerys, Alysanne, and Alyssa were all on where were they? Were they in Storm's End with him where he he mm-hmm. sheltered them? Right. So like they were with him for like many years. Like these kids know him very well. Yep. That actually kind of throws into question the whole like Jaehaerys was against his mom getting married to Rogar thing because Rogar kind of has been around Jaehaerys for a, a significant portion of Jaehaerys's life. Right. At this point. Mm-hmm. So now now I'm questioning that again. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I, yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like he would, that he was hoping to even, to rule through Jaehaerys even after Jaehaerys's majority was done. Yes. And that he is, keeps getting thwart, thwarted by women. Oh, he's can't thwarted have that. by Reyna. He's getting thwarted by Alisanne, which will continue. <sighs> mm-hmm. He doesn't know it yet, but he's already being thwarted by Alyssa. Mm-hmm. That, like, everything he wants is being thwarted by all of the Targaryen women, and he's not going to be able to get what he wants. Like Otto being thwarted by Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. You know? Otto can't control Rhaenyra, and he just can't stand it that he can't control Rhaenyra. Yep. Yep. And a bit like Damon, uh, Damon Targaryen. As well, mm-hmm. who also, like, when we saw in House of the Dragon, he also really, you know, like, he resented that he couldn't be king instead of Viserys. Mm-hmm. The, like, in the early parts of the show. That yeah. he didn't, like, he didn't want to just be hand. He wanted to be in charge. Yeah. Um, And so we're seeing this. Yeah, it's showing up like we see in House of the Dragon. Like, men who feel entitled to power um, and want to be and want to have the most of it. Um, and n- it's never violent. enough yeah and it's never enough yeah, and they will get violent enough. and resentful when they don't get enough right exactly mm-hmm. it's definitely interesting it's definitely something to track throughout throughout this i love how like also we should as much as we can keep this in mind for when we get to the dance because rogar baratheon is not demonized in this text Mm-mm. for behaving this way but Rhaenyra will be demonized in the text for behaving this way. Uh-huh. Rhaenyra, for Rhaenyra feeling entitled to power, which she is. Yep. Uh-huh. As the heir. Yep. Uh, she will be demonized for wanting that, but he is not demonized here for wanting this. Mm-mm. So. Yeah, no, you're right. patriarchy. Mm-hmm. He's allowed to want it and to want mm-hmm. more and to be real big mad when he doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not. Um, I also think so. We you have another theme here of conciliation, and I also want to hit back on um, mm-hmm. my overarching theme of uh, disempowering women. Yeah, uh, but we can talk about conciliation first because we sort of started talking about this a bit with like how the tourney was placating mm-hmm. uh, the small folk, the, how important the wedding was mm-hmm. to all of these people, yep. um, and. This is part of conciliation, but also a big part of power and what the meaning of power is mm-hmm. and showing it. Yep. You know, showing it off to everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the section where we where we get to explicitly see that, like, not only are the small folks entertained, but, like, it makes a lot of money for the capital. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many ways in which the wedding and the tourney was a really smart political move. At the very mm-hmm. beginning of this reign. Um, 
and makes everyone happy. And I think we will probably start to see in which it was smart also to pave the way for Alison and Jaharis in that people are already kind of feeling less heated. Mm-hmm. feeling you know more like rah rah we love the monarchy it's great yeah look it's super fancy and cool and they throw mm-hmm. cool parties and that's gonna make things easier i think to throw in the incest mm-hmm. and have people be more okay with it um and also we see here that like Alyssa is a big part of that or she's gonna start to be because like her whole vibe at the end of this chapter is like okay well how can we make this work mm-hmm. how can we make sure that everyone is okay with the kids decision to get married so we all we are continuing to see that she is also a strong motivating force in the conciliatory efforts yes and she's sort of also beginning to form what the queen regent does mm-hmm. because up yep. until now we haven't really had a stable queen regent we because we had mm-hmm. Aegon, visenya and Rhaenys were all equals mm-hmm. then anus and Alyssa only ruled together briefly yep and then Aegon and Reyna never there was never crowned like they were never crowned so there yep. wasn't there hasn't been like you know what I mean like there hasn't been like a queen regent until Alyssa and by the time Magor was king technically I mean that Visenya was the dowager queen at that point which just yeah. means she's the mom of the king but she was not right. the queen regent right exactly so I think this is our first queen regent mm-hmm. right because yeah because Aegon the conqueror was still alive I think when was he still alive? No, he was just mostly retired when Aenys was coming into power. But I, he must have been dead. But like, yeah. Anyway, like Aenys was old enough that he didn't need a regent. Right. No, he was already. He already had kids. Yeah, we by haven't. The time we his haven't dad died. had a king who was young enough that needed a regent. So right. this is going to be kind of the template of what a queen regent looks like. Right. And we see this kind of behavior through the end of like the working behind the scenes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the the man is the head, the woman is the neck kind of yes. concept. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm benevolent sexism um yes but i wanted to bring up also my overarching theme that i mentioned at the very beginning of our podcast uh series that the disempowerment of women disempowers us all um i think particularly here with jaharis and allison we'll see that the empowerment of women empowers us all Mm -hmm. and the fact that allison is treated like an equal that jaharis says she is she is like me it's like Aegon, visenya and rainis me and allison Mm-hmm. that's the fact that their reign is going to end up being so productive in so many ways uh, is largely in my opinion from the fact that they are on equal footing yep and yeah. certainly the lords might think like oh it's the king it's the king but jaharis and alisan know that it's they're equal and they're mm-hmm. able to challenge each other when needed and they do mm-hmm. and i think that that's it's kind of goes to like there is strength and unity as a mm-hmm. theme as well the more that you treat people equally, the more you can come together and the stronger you are. Right. You know, human human beings are stronger as a collective than as individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, that also makes me think of the fact that, that J- not, Jaharis not only treats Alisane as an equal, he's willing to allow his, I mean, I say allow, but like I say that because it's a patriarchal system and like he still is willing to like give Alyssa a lot of room to make choices during his regency. Because I'm oh, yeah. thinking of Joffrey and Cersei. Mm-hmm. Like, Cersei's the queen regent when Joffrey is king, and Joffrey's like, fuck you, mom. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever I want. Like, the king mm-hmm. doesn't technically have to listen to the queen regent at all, because he's still mm-hmm. the king. Like, he can listen to her and take her advice and then be like, yeah, but I'm still in charge. 
and I'm still the king and I still want to make a choice. And mm-hmm. we see Joffrey do that. Yeah. But, like Cersei tries to wield power through Joffrey and Joffrey's just like, fuck no. I am mm-hmm. already like you may be the queen regent, but like I'm already the king and I'm going to treat myself like I'm the king. And mm-hmm. Cersei still makes choices, but Joffrey defies her as king quite a bit. Um, well, I think also that by the time we get to A Song of Ice and Fire proper, the the misogyny in this patriarchy, mm-hmm. which has always existed, right. has like like doubled or tripled yep. by the reign of Robert Baratheon. Mm-hmm. I mean, the just the, the insanely sexist things that we hear about happening during Robert's reign. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even the entire premise, like that that Lyanna Stark was like stolen and he had to like go like avenge her. Like the mm-hmm. the whole concept is rooted in sexism and, and misogyny and thinking of women right. as objects and thinking of a woman as yours mm-hmm. that was taken from you, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, I mean, Cersei's functioning within an even more toxic patriarchy yep. than Alison or Alyssa right. or Jaehaerys ever, ever were. Right. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. yeah, I was, I was trying to bolster your point that like, even at yeah. this point, things have not gotten so bad that the queen regent can be defied in the right. way that we see with mm-hmm. Joffrey. Like she is still able to wield direct power. And that is for the benefit. Yes. Of the kingdom mm-hmm. for everyone involved. If Alyssa were not making these decisions, I feel like we would see a very different thing happening in these couple years of Regency. Well, I think Rogar Baratheon, when he confronted the kids on Dragonstone, probably would have started fighting. Yeah, yeah. He probably would have been like, attack. Like, yeah. take them by force. Yeah, we'll see you know, how this goes. Been, yeah, it would have been bloody, because he would have been like, how dare you say my penis is small? Fight, you know? Uh-huh. And, and Alyssa was the one that stopped that. Yep. Alyssa was the one that said, it's good, we're all good, everything's Yeah, fine. I'm thinking of that scene with, um, in House of the Dragon, where Otto comes to confront Damon. Yeah. on the bridge and yep. they're both and they're both just like my dick's yeah. bigger oh no yes. my dick's bigger and Rhaenyra's like put your dicks away boys put your dicks away just just come on calm down <laughs> put your dicks away we don't have to fight here um yeah. and that's basically what Alyssa does Alyssa says yeah. like all right d- 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 put, yeah. put your yeah. dicks away boys we're fine this mm-hmm. doesn't have to end in bloodshed well um, this is one of the the um criticisms actually of House of the Dragon that I think Musa brought up in one of our episodes, uh, but it came up a couple of times, that the the show House of the Dragon seems to have an aversion to women fighting and or to women choosing violence. Um, and I still don't know if that's a feature or a bug. Because part of it is that, like, the yeah, the way the patriarchy is in this world, it teaches men to be violent and not talk about their feelings and women to be, to be the conciliators, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that tends... I tend to think that's more a feature than a bug, but it it does also end up, it leads to this pattern of where, like, all the women are kind of acting the same. So it it gets a little bit... I think it's a feature not just of the world building, but I think it's a thematic feature of House of the Dragon, that they are trying to, um, like, the way that I view it is that they are explicitly trying to discuss the ways that, that power can be wielded under patriarchy. And mm-hmm. that power can be wielded violently and destructively, or power can be liberatory. Mm-hmm. Um, but power is primarily only going to be liberatory when it is someone who is marginalized wielding it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's what they're trying to do with the ways that, like, you know, men who feel entitled to power are going to wield it more destructively. 
Mm -hmm. Um, women who are marginalized are going to wield violence in a more liberatory way. And I think Mm -hmm. they're trying to have a conversation about the ways that power can be wielded um, and with a violent, you know, violent versus liberatory. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I think that we probably will see some women wield it in violent ways as Mm -hmm. the dance comes up. But I feel like where they're at now in the show is the conversation of like, how do women gain and express power in a patriarchal system when there are still some kinds of restraints on them. Like, but like it starts liberatory and it might become more violent later. But like, mm-hmm. I think they're trying to do a thing where they're like contrasting the ways that men and women use power, but not in it. Like it is gendered in the show because they're explicitly confronting patriarchy, but it is primarily about, um, those who feel entitled to power and those who are shut out and marginalized from power and it just happens to be gendered because they're discussing patriarchy but i could Mm -hmm. see the same conversation happening if it were about white supremacy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely Um, and i feel like that's thematic and that it's Mm -hmm. not trying to say that like oh women would never choose violence like it's not trying to do a closer earth like women are so much better Mm -hmm. and more powerful like it it can end up looking like that but i feel like the primary discussion they're having is about um violence as liberatory when you are on the margins and shut out from power yeah yeah i I agree i agree with that analysis i think it's one of those things that as that show unfolds yeah we have to keep tabs on yes because i think that that's one of those things that rides very close to that edge of is it going to be closer to earth is it you know Mm -hmm. is she just so good and soft and gentle you know or is there like yeah logical reasons for things happening right but i have a feeling rainier is gonna gonna start choosing some violence that is not just liberatory I don't know if Rainier is going to choose that violence or Damon's going to choose that violence. I'm very concerned about that violence. Uh (laughs) We're all very concerned about that violence. Damon has already chosen that violence. That is Damon's constant feelings about violence. This is true. This Um, is true. um, Anyway, back to this book. (laughs) Yeah, back to this book. Um, So I think we kind of went, I think that's pretty much it, right? We went through our themes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, and I guess, what are we going to read next time? Oh, yeah, we should decide. We're starting the next chapter. Is a surf fight of rulers. This one's long, I think. This is a long boy. Let's find out. It goes to long... page 177. It's a long boy like uh, like the long the long boy on uh, like John Cole Dark. Dark Sea. <laughs> um, so it starts on 146. So... Probably so this split is about it into thirty pages. So we could split it into the three, probably three sections. Yeah. So the Do first section will start at the beginning of a surf fight of rulers, and let's look at there's a place on one fifty seven to cut it. Oh, this is where we're gonna get into the 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 wanton's tale. Okay, so oh. we need to we need to stop right before that because i want to spend a whole episode talking about that i don't want that to be i don't want that to be stuck in with anything else i want to just be able to devote time okay um (laughs) caution for young girls yes yes so i think we should end it on page 156 and mayhaps there was more okay so we'll still go from the beginning of the chapter to the the bottom of 156 and mayhaps Mm -hmm. there was more uh for next time Mm-hmm. Perfect, and then oh, I'm excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, we I love a wanton tale. Oh, or a caution for young girls. I'm sorry, caution I'm calling it wrong thing. Caution for young girls. I I love it. It goes by many different. Uh, it is many titles. titles. It's actually like many pages of this story. Uh huh. Come to think of it, awesome. Oh, and then the next part's about Alyssa. Oh, this is the best chapter. 
Ugh. Anyway, okay, so if any of you guys want to email us or have any feedback, questions, want to be on the podcast, our email is houseoffireandbloodpodcast at gmail.com. And it's all one word, all written out. And our uh, Instagram is the same thing, House of Fire and Blood Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can mm-hmm. follow us there. And uh, in until next time, remember, um, if you and your mom aren't talking, it's definitely because you're a sorceress. Mm-hmm. No other reason. It's the only reason you would have to be fighting with your mom. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, on the topic of moms, since that seems to be what we're doing this chapter, mm-hmm. if your mom wants to marry you off to her husband's younger brother, um, just marry your own brother. Yeah. That's, that seems fine. It's the most no reasonable reaction Very reasonable. To that. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. So how was which Renfrew did you go to? Bristol, the Bristol Renaissance Festival. It's in oh. Bristol, Wisconsin. Um, it's the one they talk about in Loki. Okay, episode two of yeah, in episode two of Loki, they're they're like we're gonna go to a Renaissance festival. Mm-hmm. It's in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and I was like, that's Bristol. <laughs> I've been there. Um, it's like a permanent settlement. Like, I've, I learned that most of them are. I thought that was unique to the Maryland yeah. Renaissance Festival. And then I went to the PA one, and that's also true there. Yeah. I'm going to the New York one this year for the first time. And apparently that's also true there. So I think that's just a, like that's just a feature of Renaissance fairs. Right. I'm yeah. more used to the like pop-up tent ones that are, mm-hmm. you know, just like you find like a field in, in the city and you put your, your booths and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Bristol is like the one that I've been to that's like the big permanent settlement kind. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, there were like seven of us. Um, there were seven of you. Did you go seven. on the seventh day of the seventh year? The seven, uh, seventh the seven, month? at the seventh hour. <laughs> there were, the seventh yeah. Hour. Oh my gosh, this this chapter is so many sevens all over the goddamn place. Um, one left partway through the day, so he must have he must have been the stranger. Oh, uh. <laughs> he, he left. He was he was not having fun. Um, oh, that's funny. He was also here and was not enjoying himself, and so left like partway through. Um, but yeah, the rest of us, we had a great time. Um, we went shopping. I bought like a silver ring with, that's got like the eye of Horus on it with like a little gemstone in it. Ooh, I love, um, they always sell great, great jewelry at Ren Fairs. I was like, so awesome. tempted by this pair of, it looked like a dagger and you pulled it out and it was a pair of scissors. Oh, that's cool. I was so tempted by it, but I didn't end up getting it. Um, but yeah, we like saw a couple shows. We watched the jousting. Well, why don't you tell tell the listeners about your costume that you went in? Oh yeah, so um, I did an Alyssa Farman cosplay. I have posted on Instagram. Yes, on um, Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at oh shit, what's our Instagram? House of Fire and Blood Podcast. House of Fire and Blood Podcast. Yes, <laughs> on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, uh, it only lasted for a couple hours because it was like ninety five. <laughs> It was real gross. Mm -hmm. So I could only wear a wig for like two hours. And I was like, nope, this is coming off and going in my bag. Yeah. Uh, I cannot keep wearing this because my head is itchy and sweaty. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Alyssa also had to have glasses because I can't wear contacts much anymore these days. Yeah. Because my eyes are too dry. But yeah, um, I found this like really cool brocade, like thick, stiff, like the kind of brocade they make like men's vests out of. And Mm -hmm. 
it was in blue and gold and the farm and house colors are blue and gold and yellow or yep. yes blue gold red so i had like mm-hmm. a red sash and i wore a sword um it looked I had awesome a gr- i loved it yeah I thought it was great. yeah um i had my mom when my mom died she had a bunch of wigs from when she had cancer so i turned one of them into an Alyssa farman wig hey you know you use what you got <laughs> right um and yeah like no one got it that's okay i didn't wear it for anyone to get it i wore it for no, myself it's for you i mean we got it i got yeah. it and and the house of fire and blood community will get it <laughs> yeah you'll get it when you see it um that's awesome and at some point soon i should post my reina cosplays because i did do a reina cosplay like four like three or four years ago yeah. So now I, I've done both. Um, I gotta post my tree. I gotta do that. So I have those pictures on fa- on the Facebook back Ooh. in the day. I know. Oh, I back pull, in the day. Pull them off of Facebook and put them on in- the Instagram now that I know how to do Instagram. These <laughs> crazy kids and yeah, their I know. social medias. <laughs> what the kids are doing these days. 